Josh. I want to say Josh. Uh, uh, Johnny. Johnny, that's sorry. There's another guy called Josh. I do a book podcast with. Frankly, he's a wanker. <laughs> We're only joking. It's it's Alex, the good book boy number one, and I'm and, Josh, good book boy number two. Yeah. Do you said took the? I'll let you continue. You've got you've got this down pat. It's been a little while since we've hopped on the mics. Last time, for those who uh, have been listening to us for a while, last time uh, we had a guest on the show. We we do not have that guest here this evening, but it was nice to have Jason join us last time. Um, we are indeed reading the book that he suggested, however, and that was Don DeLillo's Running Dog. Now, Alex, you, I think, this time around have picked up the uh, Kindle or digital version of this book? Uh, technically, Google Play Books, that is correct. But the sort of the, the front cover was uh, was, was the, uh, for reasons that will become obvious, uh, reminiscent of uh, the Herr Führer's face with a uh, strip of film for the mustache. Did you get something similar in your copy? Oh, interesting. I didn't. I have what looks to be some kind of... Of, uh, blue stippled kind of wall with um, right in the middle uh, just a white box with Don DeLillo and Running Dog and then a little quote from the Washington Post and then below that is two fuzzy legs uh, which look like they are running um, oh. so something very kind of vague and doesn't really have anything to do with the novel whatsoever doesn't sound like it, at least not that not that I can tell from from the description you've given. Uh, but never mind. So this was, of course, one of Jason. Well, it was Jason's recommendation, um, published originally in uh, 1978. Uh, Josh, are you familiar? Were you familiar at all with uh, Don Delilo uh, prior to this this book? I was not, um, but I've since found that he's quite a popular author um, and, you know, there's quite a few lofty claims um, laid towards his name, um, as is often done towards some of these larger U.S. authors. Yeah, I think probably we can put him in the same, I guess, uh, not not necessarily the same genre, but uh, Philip Roth, another, another yeah. author that we did, sort of a similar time frame i believe in terms of, of the works they've written so so contemporary american i suppose you might be able to to call it now because i have the um the actual novel uh mm. the physical book i'll read the back and look i'm not surprised you turn to a digital copy this was actually mm. very difficult to um come across i yeah. had to yeah i had to stalk uh quite a few uh, off-brand book dealing sites mm. um, to get a hold of a copy, and the 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 prices of his novels are out of control. It's very it's yeah, very strange. Um, I wonder if there's something there to be uh, discovered. But this book that we're reading, as we've said, um, Running Dog, the uh, the premise or the blurb goes like this: Mole Robbins. A magazine writer based in New York is interested in the activities, particularly the erotic art collection, of an influential senator, and her investigations bring her into contact with a dealer in erotica, with a kind of secret double agent on the senator's staff, and with, as one of this rather squalidly sinister circle notes, various sets of people maneuvering for position. The maneuvering, for the most part, leads only to bloodshed. This is a romantic novel in the gritty, pressionist, enigmatic modern mode. A full pleasure to read. That kind of sucks. And that, I think, 
is not very enticing as a blurb at all um quite frankly i don't think that really does credit to what i think are some of the strengths of the novel but uh i mean we were introduced the 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 premise that jason gave us was it's essentially about a hunt for a film which may or may not exist that's rumored to be, to be of a, a, a pornographic film shot in hitler's bunker featuring hitler um, in the very dying days of um, the Second World War, you, you start with that. That's your um, which is you know what obviously what they 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 paid tribute to with the in a sort of abstract way on the front cover of my digital version. But that's that's your hook. Get people. I mean, that was what what piqued my interest about it. I think you should start with that as your as your lead. Definitely. Although I wonder if the publishers probably thought that that might have been <laughs> uh, maybe perhaps turning people away more so than uh, than bringing them to the novel. But um, no, I definitely agree that that blurb um, doesn't really do its job in the sense of um, getting people's interests peaked in in the novel. Um, mm. But as you said there, um, scratching that blurb, the uh, the premise really is um, a, there's a there's a film. No one knows quite what's on it, but it's rumoured that it is some sort of pornographic film um, in the bunker. And really, uh, that's kind of the driving motivation um, surrounding a lot of the characters and um, linking a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of go through, um, I don't, I guess, a, a short-ish uh, span of time um, and see how uh, the the kind of... Uh, chase for that film and the various other things that are happening around it um, unfold and what that means uh, for the characters. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary. I'm wondering, you know, based on that, on that, um, uh, the, the sort of pitch that Jason gave us in the last episode, what sort of story were you expecting and do you think it met your expectations? I think based more on Jason himself, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, than than the pitch i was expecting um something kind of fairly alternative um Mm. perhaps um uh you know something that crosses uh crosses lines um and actually something quite like the book that i just finished reading before i picked this up which was tom pynchon's thomas pynchon's gravity's rainbow i was kind Mm. of expecting something um sort of in that vein um, and it was, I wouldn't say entirely different to what I was expecting, but it was somewhat, um, somewhat different to what I was. It was fairly traditional in terms of, in terms of how it read. It reminded me, it reminded me somewhat of a few books that we'd read, um, previously, uh, one being, uh, when the coffee goes cold, um, okay. Was one that it slightly reminded me of, and one of the characters, Lightborn, reminded me of Less, the character mm-hmm, Less, mm-hmm. Um, pretty strongly for for whatever reason. Um, but what about yourself? Did you did you think that um, did you have a, a an expectation that was met or or shattered? I guess again, and part I guess based on the premise, um, you know, a, por- a pornographic film shot and starring Adolf Hitler and again the kind of guy that Jason is and I guess as you said alternative tastes um very big on you know postmodern literature which apparently this this is counted as a as a work of, of postmodernist literature as well so 
but that was expecting something very, very postmodern, something very sort of surreal, um, yeah. very, uh, I, I guess, very tenuously connected to reality. I was surprised. It really is quite a. It, it's played. The whole thing is played entirely straight. There's no. It's. It's not a, a comedy in any sense. Um, no, you know, there's there's funny moments in the dialogue, and of course, as there is in in any any novel, but it's played remarkably straight mm. and. It is quite a dense. It, it, it's a thriller first and foremost. It's a it's a spy story. It's a it's an espionage story. Um, very very yeah very dense, very um, complex political um thriller. And I, I guess I wasn't really expecting that based on the premise. How did you how did you find kind of following what was going on, talking about the kind of dense and complex political spy side of the novel? Um, my brief comment on that um is like in a lot of books i i struggle sometimes when they are shorter rather than longer and felt that there was uh quite a bit between the lines and and kind of uh the burden was on the reader to Mm. fill in large gaps um just because so much was trying to be packed into such a little kind of amount of page space I do, I do understand what you mean by that. Um, which is, look, it is, it is a work, it is a sign of, I think, a talented writer um, to develop effective subtext. The difference is, or the 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 issue with that is that it requires, I guess, a talented reader to to understand and come to terms with that subtext. And I think I'm probably not that reader because I found it quite difficult to follow. Mm. Um, there are a range of of characters um, who are all tenuously connected to this this film, but they all want slightly different things. They've all got slightly different motivations, um, and it was it changes between their their point of views frequently. And it was very difficult for me to keep in mind who each character was and what they were doing at the moment, what their current mission was, what what they were currently pursuing, what their goals were. Um, which you know isn't isn't necessarily a sign of a bad author. It could be the sign of a very good author to craft such a complex um, web of characters and motivations. But for me, it was it was very difficult to follow, and um, I had resigned myself sort of towards the end of reading it to be like, all right, just like stop like wasting time trying to go back and work out what who who this guy is and what he wants again, and just sort of sort of get to the end and try and absorb as much as you much as you can which i feel like any author would would hate to hear that to be like oh yeah i sort of didn't really follow your story i just sort of had to get (laughs) through it but 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 that's that was i can't lie that was my experience um with this with this novel yeah i sort of i sort of felt the same and a lot of the characters were kind of uh interrelated as well Mm -hmm. in various different ways um i think um what was sort of the saving grace in this area for this novel is that the three or four main characters, um, their kind of link and motivation throughout the story were fairly clear. It was the mm-hmm. it was that second subset of characters that all were really difficult to work out exactly what their kind of skin in the whole situation was and why they were why they kind of existed. But you know, like Mole Robbins, it's fairly clear what what she was doing. Lighthouse, um, the senator. Um, you know, all those kind of characters were were interesting um, and 
and they weren't too difficult to follow. So that was um, that was good. And what was good about having so many different characters is that the pace was was quite fast because we mm-hmm. kept you keep kind of um, popping to each different character and, and seeing things progress. And um, it it doesn't it doesn't overstay its welcome in any in any area um, at any point. Yeah, I I I echo those sentiments. I think. I think they were quite interesting characters, and and some of them were, yeah, were quite enjoyable to follow. Um, that was on the on the condition that I could indeed uh, follow them. But um, I thought the dialogue was another um good feature of this. I'm always impressed when when dialogue can sound like real dialogue. I think I had a similar comment with um Philip Roth's Plot Against America. It sounded mm. like real people having conversations, not. Not not people saying whatever's necessarily the funniest line to put in or the most interesting line to put in or the coolest line to put in, just sounding like like real people, um, which did give give a, a sense of of depth and, and yeah, more sense of real uh, reality to those characters. I was I was quite impressed with with the dialogue he managed to put in. Um, I guess what what sort of themes did you find um he touched on in this in this work? Well, I think you know. One of the clear ones was uh, is kind of yeah well I guess is more of a genre than a theme but the kind of espionage um, mm. that sort of James Bondy kind of kind of feel um, I think um, intrigue and curiosity I think are fairly fairly strong kind of um, I don't want to ruin the ending in any way but mm. um, the the kind of delta between the reality of of where the book lands and and how you know where the seed of the plot comes from and the whole concept of of this uh, pornographic film is um is really interesting and kind of speaks to this desire mm-hmm. that human human beings have for the uh i mean abhorrent might be too strong of a word but um, you know the kind of the weird and the the um, strange. Um, yeah, the perverse. Perverse. There you go. Yeah, no, I I, I would echo that, and I think that's um you know it, it is left quite quite open ended about about what 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 it actually does say about us uh, or mm. what um, the author's trying to make it say about us. But um yeah, c- certainly the the way we can again try to phrase it without without giving away anything uh, the the way we can project um our own ideas or our own obsessions onto onto different things and how often you know the this projection or this mystery is, is often a bit more satisfying or a bit more interesting than than maybe maybe the reality itself or maybe the reality is 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 uncomfortable but not in a way that that, that we necessarily expect if you haven't read it it's sort of it's, hard, it's sort of hard this sounds like a, a lot of a lot of waffling but it's hard to sort of uh, you know, to, to, to sort of articulate that without without giving away too much of, of what the what what the the central um crux of the story is. Yeah, I'd definitely. also add there's um I mean there, there's a, there's a lot about um I guess sexuality and the sexuality of of human beings um mm. some some discussions about that and um there was a really really fascinating um section and I had highlighted it in this Google Play app on. The, can't search for highlights apparently but essentially about about systems um and the way that people um interact with these systems and are 
a part of these systems and mm. the, the quote was something along the lines of you know eventually these systems and these technologies get to a point where people feel like they're they're being hunted or they're being persecuted at all mm. times um and i thought that was fascinating a fascinating sentiment to have come out in 1976 because of course that's a a huge part of our our modern um modern discourse surrounding technology and society is that we're we're constantly being watched in these systems um mm. meant to necessarily make our life uh easier sort of give us this impression that we're constantly being scrutinized and you know anything we say you know for example earlier today i made a a joke about a a mass shooting in our in our group chat um (laughs) and then and then had to add as a as a as a joke the asio agents monitoring this conversation that was a joke but also kind of not a joke like you know that we're never sure about the the extent of these systems and the way in which they encroach in our lives and yeah, i think exactly. uh selvi's ca- the character of, of, of selvi um is a really really good, good character in that he, he he grapples with some of these questions so i guess the broad theme of of surveillance observation paranoia um and the encroachment of quote unquote systems whether that's systems of technology of of um of you know governance and private public institutions where they encroach in our lives uh that was a, a theme i found quite interesting in the novel yeah definitely i also think um there's a fair amount of cynicism um around kind of uh, uh success and mm. and um and people's uh views of success i think a lot of the characters in the novel that had attained some form of success were fairly um unhappy had fairly kind of brutal um things going on um Mm -hmm. and i just found that sort of interesting um you know with the the senator with the broken down marriage who had had this addiction to collecting erotic Mm. art and had to keep it hidden the um kind of semi-illegal um uh porn empire um uh whiz kid who was yep, just yeah. like had crippling um paranoia and was living a pretty horrendous life and um uh you know the uh the leader of one of the espionage units um that just never seemed to quite know what was going on and and you know looking for always looking for the next thing there's just a lot mm. of that sort of that sort of stuff which was which was kind of fascinating so yeah i enjoyed in that sense it was very much i mean look not that i was alive at the time but you know 1976 the the u.s involvement in the vietnam war has just ended pretty in in a lot of disgrace for the united states essentially Mm. there's you know coming off a decade of of massive civil unrest of you know had watergate scandal a few years earlier just time of massive you know if we're we're grouping periods of history into to distinct categories which of course you can't really do because everything's so diffuse but coming off you know the the massive optimism of, of the 1960s and into this really sort of cynical um quite nasty very selfish very paranoid era um mm. i thought that was very very much re- reflective in um in in what um delilo was writing just very uh reflective of, of that paranoia of, of the time 
and sort of the the, the coming into you know this this sprawling government apparatus which no you know it's not really accountable to anyone no one really knows where you know the the legalities begin and end um and just the way in which ordinary people can be can be subject to that which again is is certainly not an issue that's that's gone away the 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 blurred lines between the private and the public sphere and you know accountability and lack thereof um it's just very very relevant in that sense i think a lot of the the, the questions raised um have certainly not gone away in the time since i mean the we we can't really talk too much more about um the plot and what was going on without kind of spoiling anything but um kind of the i did want to just touch on the fact that there are a few surprises in in this novel which are pleasant um <laughs> uh, well the surprises themselves maybe aren't pleasant but <laughs> it's nice to have um some expectations subverted um and i found it really interesting that all the characters kind of had their own path that they were going on um Mm. and they intermingle for a bit but really at the end um those separate paths are really still still separate so yeah in total what did you think of running dog and will you be kind of returning to the bibliography of don delillo look i don't think i will josh um this is, uh, as I've said, this raises a lot of, of very interesting questions, very pressing questions that I found you know, quite interesting, quite relevant. I think the characters were very well-rounded and, you know, very much um, had their own motivations. It, it, it's it's just a bit much for me, um, unless, I, you know, I think this has to be the book. This has to be a book, that I, the only book that I'm reading, and I really have to sort of take my time with it and really sort of come to digest, you know, really slowly read a chapter and then sort of let it sink in, which is really not my style of reading mm. and not sort of not sort of how I approach reading. Um, so while I can't, there, there's a lot of really, really good things about the novel. And I you know, definitely have a lot of respect for what Delilah has done as an author for me personally, rating the reading experience and maybe not the book itself, I'm going to give it two out of five stars. Um, just because I think if you ever get to a point where you're like, oh, look, just power through it and and, and resolve that you may not get 100% of it. If you're ever in that position, it's probably not not the book for you. Um, so that would be my rating, two out of five stars. What about yourself? Final thoughts? Um, I I agree that it was, it was kind of, um, as we've said, difficult to follow. Um, I think I enjoyed it a little more than, than you may have. I'm going to give it three. Uh, I'll give it an extra star. Um, and I might um, peruse and see what else Don DeLillo has done. Um, it'd be good to get a little bit more of his fingerprint um, uh, down and to kind of see uh, where he does fully sit in the um, the landscape of, of kind of the postmodernists and, and US authors. Um, but, yes, I, I definitely agree with your sentiment that um, at, at points you did have to just let go of fully understanding exactly the nuances of um, every character's backstory and how they interrelated, um, which, you know, isn't isn't ideal, I think. Yeah. Well, before we um, sort of just, just discuss the next book on our list, uh, are you reading anything else at the moment? So you mentioned you just uh, finished something of a similar vein. Is that correct? Yes, so just before um, I opened the pages to uh, Running Dog, I had finished um, Thomas Pynchon's Gravity's Rainbow, which I loved. It's probably um, been 
my favorite reading experience in the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Just really wild book. Um, it's about 900 and something pages, so it's a big one. Um, but super roller coaster experience, lots going on. Um, famously, it's known for um, all, like, it's just packed with um, allusions to. Um, various things and references and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they would that that was was it easy to follow in that sense? It sounds like it could be quite distracting or quite diffuse. Yes, yeah, it was, but because um, because it was larger, there's just more to go on and more to kind mm. of link and to to grab a hold of. So that um, that always helps. Um, and the the premise is just just crazy um and Mm. and it's it's very similar in the sense that if you just boiled it down to the one sentence premise it's very similar so the the running dog one sentence premise is um there's potentially the pornographic film of hitler the one sentence for thomas pynchon's gravity's rainbow um is that uh, uh the u.s is being bombed um the U.S. and the U.K. being bombed um, by the Soviets, uh, but it's by a few scientists. It's been determined that the um, that the bombs are falling um, in line with this one character's um, sexual <laughs> uh, uh, conquests. So there's there's a there's a, a standard deviation average okay, um, so of that's... about five to nine days after after his sexual conquest, a um, rocket will fall in that area. Um, well, see, so that's so that's quite that's quite absurd as well. It sounds quite yeah. funny. Is it is it is it played for laughs or is this a deadly serious novel? You know, or is it presented as a deadly serious novel? It's um it is. Oh, how do I even answer that? It is, it is played seriously. It is played mm. seriously, but it is also hilarious. Like the whole, mm, mm, mm. The whole it's just, it's very. Well, how could it not be with the premise like that? That's, that's, yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, I would definitely recommend for anyone who is down with large novels, um, to give it a crack because it's, it's a wild ride. So that's, that's what I read just before that. And currently, um, I am halfway through Love in the Time of Cholera, which is, um, Mm -hmm. one of, um, Marquez's, yep, yep, novels, which is the second one of his that I've read, uh, that I'm reading. The first one, um, was A Hundred Years of Solitude. Um, so yeah, enjoying this one. He's a great author and it's something a bit different because he's, he's from Colombia, I think. So Mm. it's just a whole different, um, it's just a whole different kind of, um, cultural, uh, influence that's going on. So it just, it it means that the book itself has a very different flavor to, um, stuff that you read, um, kind of out of the U S or out of the UK or whatever. What about you? What are you, what's been on your play? You're usually one to be reading four or five at a time. And I think I, I'm trying to I'm trying to <laughs> my rationale for that approach, as I explained, was it feels like you're reading well, you are you're reading more books than one. The problem is it takes forever to finish them. So you're reading more books, but you're not necessarily <laughs> finishing them because your attention is divided across different ones. So I'm trying to peel back to the extent that now after having finished this one, um, and prior to starting the next one, which we'll announce shortly, um, my oh, the only thing I'm reading is the uh, the life and death of Peter Sellers, nonfiction biography by Roger Lewis, um, about well about the life and death of of um, 
Peter Sellers, essentially, the English comedian, and it's a very, very large book. I think in terms of page numbers, it may well be, like, when I finally finish it, the the the, the longest book I've ever read. He really, really dives deep. It's not a, it's not a brief biography of Peter Sellers. It's uh, it's, it's quite it's, – it's very dense. It's very comprehensive, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm just – he only lived to 54. He did, and um, – and he was uh, he was not a well man mentally for most of his life, um, and and physically not for, for most of his life as well, um, which is you know I guess there there is a you know, a guilty aspect of me you know taking such perverse interest in 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 the the uh, the suffering of this man, but I think it's it's, it's I think it's a fascinating topic you know these these geniuses who are who are so flawed um as as geniuses often are um so really really enjoying that um and uh excited to 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 find out more about it yeah i bet Uh, do you read much um biography not really i really don't i really don't um neither do i and um yeah i i do i do have an interest in 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 comedians um you know, for someone who's, I don't know, like, it's not like I'm a massive stand-up comedy fan or something, but, like, certainly the way, you know, Rowan Atkinson or Charlie Chaplin, to, to name two that I, I really like, I'm, I'm just just very interested in what makes them tick and, and how they mm. work, and Peter Sellers, you know, definitely in that vein, so that's probably why I did it, but actually, it's because I, the, 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 the um, rabbit hole was, I started watching the Pink Panther movies, which stars Peter Sellers, and yeah. then I saw... The biopic, uh, which is based upon the autobiography called The Life and Death of Peter Sellers, starring Jeffrey Rush, which is an amazing film. Even if I, you don't know anything about Peter Sellers, I think it's just a fantastic performance by Jeffrey Rush. So mm. I thought, well, then I'll read the I'll read the book based on it. And um, anyway, that's the, so, so here I am dedicating my, my reading time to, to to this very dense autobiography, but uh, very well written, very well researched. I always envy envy those people who can just you know spend the time trawling through archives to dig up letters from like 1954 and just like you know documented it's it's real real admirable um quality of, of people who can do that i'm I'm trying something similar with uh, the history of movie world rides um in queensland uh so you know i'm something of a scholar myself <laughs> well I, I i reckon there's some there's some space uh both in the uh, biography of uh, Movie World, as well as um, I'm sure there is a pocket of Hergé that needs to be filled in, um, mm. which um, I think you would be the man for at some point in the near future. It is unfortunately there already is a man for that. It's Benoit Peters, but I just um, I just steal what he finds out and then just put it in my podcast um, because it saves me having to learn French. Yeah, well, that that I guess that is um, that is a problem. Are you sure? Are you sure that Frederick Tooten isn't the man? For the... We're not. We're not. <laughs> we have two. I, I have I have multiple podcasts. Frederick Tooten is an enemy of two of them. Like how. Do you know? Do you know how? Do you know how much you must have fucked up to be a dedicated enemy of of two podcasts run by the same person? Um, oh man, I, I'm I'm going to try my hardest to make Frederick Tooten tweet something blasphemous about Goosebumps. Oh my god, <laughs> it, it will officially be war. I mean, you were you were sorry, for listeners. We're getting off topic, but this is the banter that Josh and I like to get up to um, when you're when when you're prying ears aren't around. Ha, have you read? 
I, I know you were going to read uh, Thomas Mann, The Magic Mountain. I It is on my shelf. It is one of the next ones that I'll be picking up. I would be very interested knowing now that Tintin the New World um, features a lot of characters from that novel for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I, I, I would be interested, you know, if, if you read that and then had another look at uh, Tintin the New World, see if it made any more sense uh which wouldn't be difficult because it, as it currently stands to both of us, it, it makes little sense, but very little, but no pressure. I will definitely do that. I think. Um, so what do we, uh, what, so, well, I think it's your turn because I think I rec, did I recommend Dev- I must've recommended devil house. Um, and then J- it just so happened, Jason read it and you would have, yeah. Did you recommend never let me go? And then I recommended devil house. I think it's your go. Yes. Yeah. I believe that's true. Um, I am going to recommend, and this may be convenient for you because I know that you have this novel. I don't mm. know whether you've read it or not. Oh, okay. No, hang on. Give me one second because I'm just like I, I'm looking around and I'm just sort of trying to think what it may be. Um. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, you may now tell me what novel it is. <laughs> you you don't want to guess first. I can, uh, um, not unless it's so, going to be. Ah, uh, oh, we're reading Paul Jennings Uncollected, <laughs> Volume Three. You got it. That's finally. <laughs> no, what is no, it? The real the real book that we're going to read. Um, because uh, the other book I actually don't know if it's no it can't be it can't be there first first anyway the other book that I read of theirs I really enjoyed they recently released a new book so I want to read it so we're reading it on the podcast and it works out because I recently saw you uh, post a picture of this book oh dude I wonder if this is what it you go we're going to be reading Amor Towers' Lincoln Highway that was going to be my suggestion if it was my turn Oh, that works out so, so well. All right. Yeah, I will happily, I will happily read that. That was, I, I literally, yeah, I was like, uh, it's, it, I was like, oh, it's his turn. My, it's my turn. I'll do. Uh, yeah. So great. Well, that works out well with me. Yeah. I'm f- totally happy with that choice and I won't need to make a purchase. There we go. Both of our uh, recommendations for the next podcast are Amor Towers' The Lincoln Highway. We will uh, get delving into that soon. Um, as we head out here, as we always do, what uh, what do you need to uh, plug on the podcast this episode, Alex? Great question. Um, I have a series of high quality steak knives, which can be yours for the small price of no, of course not. Um, can you imagine? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at latte richer underscore l a double t e r a t u r e underscore. Um, which is just my general, just, hey, it's just me, just me hanging out, um, just me completely unfiltered, although I do use a series of filters on my photos. Uh, you can also, if you're interested in Tintin, uh, which you should be, uh, follow my Tintin podcast uh, on Instagram at tintin.podcast, or the podcast is called Radio Tintin. Um, and if you're into Goosebumps, Instagram at goosebumps.podcast or Gatsy on Goosebumps. So there you go, La Terracher, Radio Tintin, Goose, Gatsy on Goosebumps. What about the, late, the latest episode of, of Radio Tintin was it, it was odd. It was it was twenty five minutes of you mm. kind of talking about why um, everyone should buy Tintin NFTs. It was. <laughs> I tell you, I'll say it. I said on the podcast, I'll say it now. They've got nowhere to go but up. All right, you buy them. All right, fine. Like more NFTs for me, mate. Like good on you. Like. Uh, 
Um, no, but seriously, we do discuss Tintin NFTs. I say we, it's it's me. I do discuss the, the recently announced Tintin NFTs, which should be dropping, actually, like within a matter of days. So I'll keep you updated about that, Josh. What I'm about yourself? Excited. Where can um, we find you in cyberspace? As always, at Hot Cup of Jazz on Instagram, um, I post about music. It has increasingly become a, a record collection um, Instagram. Mm. Um uh, in the last couple of months, uh, but I will be in 2023, um, which is where we are now. Um, yes, Happy New Year, by the way. And to you, as I'm very not used to the new year um, yet. Mm. Uh, I will be uh, continuing to recommend great Australian artists. Um, uh, so if you're interested in music or jazz, um, please come along. Also, if you uh, if you just like uh, musicians and want to hear more about how they do what they do, um, I've got eight great interviews um, on my website, which you can find um, going through the Instagram. So I'd highly recommend go and check that stuff out. I am also on the radio um, Thursday evenings, eight till nine um, on RWP Plus. So come along there too if you want to uh, kick back for an hour and listen to, to great music there as well. Wonderful. Very concise and uh, very fair. I've heard his interviews, ladies and gentlemen. He's tough, but he's fair. And I think his guests appreciate that. And I'm sure you will too if you give them a listen, if you're interested in some talented contemporary Australian artists. Well, with that in the books, another podcast episode in the can after yeah, you do the work of editing and uh, splicing it together and uh, cutting down my inane ramblings by 50%, then we've got another one in the books, <laughs> as they say. Uh, so with that, there's nothing left for us to say except what's that, Josh? When you find a good book... Take it off the shelf. It couldn't be simpler. It's a great slogan. It performs really well on T-shirts, and it, it it summarizes our attitudes towards both books and shelves. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye now.